Hey guys, this is Ralph Macho. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is William Zapka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. I'm Brianna. And you guys, we are back finally a month or so late, uh, but here we are with final, uh, our episode review um, of 401. Yes. So Let's we, begin. It is uh, titled Let's Begin. Uh, we mentioned that, well, I did, you know, so I don't want to add your name to it because maybe you didn't agree at the time. You're like, maybe this is a little ambitious, Peter. But uh, I, I had said that we were hoping that maybe a couple of weeks, then we would start on, on our episode reviews. But, um, you know, I, at one point uh, a few weeks ago, I went to Hawaii, you know, so it, it, we're a little behind, but, you know, we, we put out um, a good amount of interviews, I feel in, in January. Um, yeah, I would say. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So we got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, eight, eight episodes alone in January. Seven of, them, seven of them are interviews. So hopefully that held you guys over while waiting for this. Um, obviously, we did the season four recap, but, um, you know, thanks for um, continuing to check us out. Uh, hello to our new listeners. But um, Brianna, recently you had to have a you had a birthday, a happy belated birthday. Thank you. I'm you, old now. <laughs> stop. Um, do you want to share a couple cool things that happened on your birthday? Um, Don't tell me you forgot. <laughs> you forgot. Let's see. You got wished uh, a happy birthday by somebody that we yeah, you I spoke I, with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Playing coy, I was, are we? <laughs> I, I, was, I remember. I remember both of the things that happened on my birthday because they were really cool. Um, the first one was I was just, you know, friends were wishing me happy birthday on Twitter. And I, at, yes, and I do still need to get on Facebook and thank everyone um, <laughs> because I'm I'm not on there as often as I should be. So but um, was was joking with a friend of mine about all the Ralph I was getting for my birthday. And- <laughs> Suddenly someone shows up in that particular thread and says, how about a little Terry Silver? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or a lot and it of. Was, and it was Tig. Yeah. Yep. Thomas Ian Griffith, for those that, uh, you know, what? I, I don't know if we have all settled on what we are referring to him as. Um, are we going to call him Thomas Ian Griffith, which is a mouthful? Uh, are we going to call him Tig? Are we, I, I, I like T.I.G. You know, because like. Spells Tig. It does, but like Tig always just like I feel like I want to finish that off with Tigger, you know. It, I, uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, I we'll have to address the group and um, uh, followers on social media and and kind of come up with uh, you know science. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it absolutely a scientific thing. So so that was cool. Um, you know this. And you know, on top of like our daily lives, um, work has been a mother and. Uh, you, you know, I was hoping that after the holiday season, uh, my work volume would drop. Well, not only did it not drop necessarily, 
every week it seems to be a new guy that was quote unquote exposed or tested positive at work. And, and now we're, you know, kind of being shorthanded again, like we were last summer. And so same kind of thing, crazy hours. And so um, we were at least able to fit in a good amount of interviews in, in that time, thankfully, but yes, but we are here. Um, the other cool thing. The other cool thing was actually this kind of bizarre lifelong dream for me. Um, not necessarily what I wanted it to happen for. I've always wanted to see my name in variety. And, and, and to, um, for those that are not familiar with variety. Variety is a trade sheet, basically. It's a magazine um, about fine arts, acting, Hollywood scene, um, movie reviews, TV reviews, interviews, all kinds of awesome stuff like that. Yes. And um, now my name is is in variety. Yay. Yeah. Serious. Yay. Um, and also <laughs> kind of what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, is that is, is that the right Brianna Davidson? They took about? Right. I, I, I showed uh, showed my husband and he was like, ah, it's just a magazine. <laughs> And then he laughed, Andy. (laughs) Right. And then he then he laughed and and was like, that is awesome. And okay, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's uh, it was really cool. It was an article written by someone who was um, listing the was it? I think it was the 10 best Uh, um, 15 television podcasts worth listening to by uh, Matthew Chernoff. So uh, thank you, Matthew, for that. Um, I. I was um, I had just taken lunch at a friend's um, let's call it a restaurant, you know, just keep it short. Um, And, you know, my lunch is 30 minutes. I I walk in and it's been it's actually legit been a while since him and I had really uh, sat down and talked about anything. Uh, It it has been casual, like, you know, highs and buys in passing um, in recent memory. So this is the most time I've gotten to spend with him in a long time. And again, only 30 minutes. So we sat down. And um, the last time I had spoken with him, it, it might have been a couple of weeks. And he said he finally started Cobra Kai and he was like still in season one. And so he's like, dude, I'm I'm in season four. I'm on like episode eight. I go, oh, my favorite episode. You're, you're you know, that's a prom. Um, you know, uh, it, it, a lot of great things happen in that episode. And, you know, so we started talking about Cobra Kai and, and Cobra Kai Companion, you know, telling him about the interviews. And next thing I know, it's like, 28 minutes later, my lunch is almost over. I'm like, well, well that was fast. Like, I, I felt like I literally had just sat down. So, you know, we're saying our farewells again. And, you know, hey, I hope to see you sooner than later. And as I'm walking out the door, I got a notification. I looked down and I was like, oh, Twitter, who's who's this? What, what is this tweet? I, I just kind of glanced over and I saw the the tweet saying like, um, you know, I wrote an article for Variety 15. I'm like, uh, Variety, excuse me. So, so I, I, tapped, I tapped on the tweet. I know you, you gotta be kidding me. And and I just I, I just walked back real quick and I just you know held up my phone. I go, dude, my podcast was just mentioned in variety. And he was like, fucking kidding me. I go, I know, right? Like, you know what variety is, right? <laughs> like I have to ask people sometimes because like that's a that's a pretty big deal for independent podcasters. Oh, hell yeah. You know, like we we don't we don't have sponsors. Like the closest thing to sponsors is contenders clothing, you know, and um so it's you know, like we we create all this stuff in our spare time 
for fun, you know, for the love of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't get paid by anything big to, to continue. Everything's out of pocket for us. You know, we're behind on paying some of our trivia champions, but, um, you know, they're. But they're, I'm going to uh, fix that. They had to wait <laughs> well, for me to get paid. You Oops. and I. Um, but, you know, the, their prizes are out of our pocket as well. Like, you know, the, nothing is sponsored. So, like, that is so awesome to be recognized uh, and written into an article as prestigious as this. So. Yes. Very humbling. I don't want to take anything from Matt. I'm going to read the hell out of like our, you know, write up. But let me just uh, include an excerpt um, uh, from from this article, if I can here. Um, I'm just going to skip to the part where it says, let's see here. Uh, Most of these TV podcasts are created and hosted by fans, but many are official shows hosted by the actual producers and cast members who normally work behind the scenes. So if you're starving for a deeper conversation about your favorite TV shows, here are 15 podcasts that offer plenty of food for thought. Um, something I took notice, the image for this article is, you know, four cover arts, one of which is ours. So someone created that and intentionally used one of used ours as one of the 15, which is cool. In this article, we are um, uh, the fifth listed one, you know, if you just go down, um, if you scroll down the, the the site here, we're so like, I feel, I mean, it's probably like in no particular order, but the fact that like our images used and, you know, with the fifth um, uh, podcast here mentioned, I, I just, it, it could be nothing, but I, it just, it feels nice, you know? Yes. Um, so what he says about Cobra Kai Companion is whether you're a fan of the hit series Cobra Kai or just grew up loving the Karate Kid franchise, you owe it to yourself to listen to this fantastic podcast dedicated to the ever-expanding Miyagi-verse. Hey, Karate, uh, or are you Karate kidding me? Little shout out yes. there. Um, what makes this podcast so special is the incredible lineup of cast and crew members that Peter and Brianna have interviewed since launching. You can't get bigger guests than series stars Ralph Macchio and William Zapka, not to mention Cobra Kai creators John Herberts and Josh Yield, all of whom have appeared on the show. So, you know, it, it and, and I do love the fact that it's like, well, whether or not you love, you know, Cobra Kai or grew up loving the Karate Kid franchise. So clearly he has either listened or looked, looked up enough episodes to see that we have interviewed people from Karate Kid movies as well. Right. So, um, so there you go, guys, your little podcast. I could um, got a pretty cool mention. Uh, we got so much love on social media. So thank you all. A uh, Cobra guys was like, hey, look at our friends being all famous and shit. <laughs> you know, shout out to Jeremy who, who runs that one. And so, you know, got a little love from uh, Are You Karate Kidding Me Too. So I had to ask Jen. I was like, well, how does it feel to see Miyagi-verse being used in variety? So uh, and, and not only that. You know, Mark, let's be water. You know, he he designed that uh, that album art. So so a, a lot of a lot of, um, you know, our, our friends are represented in, in this uh, little article. Yes. Um, so a, a win for for um, all the podcasters. So, yes. You know, and our you know. little fandom and our little fandom. Absolutely. So the biggest um, TV show in the universe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the Miyagi verse uh, and, and the Johnny verse, you know, if you subscribe to that. No. Um, <laughs> so we will get into it. Um, as usual, we have a little synopsis uh, from Amy. So again, this is a season four, episode one titled Let's Begin. She writes, 
Terry Silver is back. So that's happening. But like Johnny and Daniel before him, he's not super enthused to have Kreese walk back into his life. Kreese continues to make his Cobra Kai 2.0 pitch, but Terry is happy to put the coke-fueled insanity of Karate Kid 3 behind him. The Miyagi-Dos and Eagle Fangs are united, but have no plan for how to make any of this work. Daniel and Johnny can't quite figure out how to exist in the same place. Making matters worse is the fact that neither dojo is ready to welcome Hawk back with open arms. Sam and Miguel do their best to create harmony, appealing to Johnny's emotional connection to 80s cinema and even reaching out to Robbie. The Cobras aren't faring any better than the Miyagi Fangs. They've all, um, I'm sorry, they've lost half of their members and have no direction. After weighing all of his options and pointing out to Kreese that Johnny and Daniel as a team could be a powerful force, Robbie decides to join Cobra Kai. He immediately positions himself as an alpha in the group and he and Tori both seem to lead, uh, seem ready to lead. Thanks to Miguel's loose lips about Johnny and Ali's reunion, Carmen declares that they should put their relationship on hold for the time being. Over beers, unable to reach common ground on how to teach, Johnny and Daniel officially decide that they should break up as well. They make plans to break the news of the divorce to the kids the following day. Ultimately, it's Hawk that keeps them all together by hatching a plan to build an Okinawan sparring deck as a group, as a group, and the two decide to give their union another try. Also, Johnny's apartment 100% smells like old ham. <laughs> so I agree. I agree. I see no lies. Uh, uh, all, all the old ham juices. And where did the juice fall? We don't know. Do on we want to know? On, it was on the rug. Probably on the rug and probably still there on the rug in season five, I, I would imagine. Mm. Um, so Daniel, watch where you step or fall. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe that's how Johnny you know, ends up on the ground. He slips on the old you know, juice. <laughs> so um, let's, okay. So this is the first episode. Okay. We, yes. um, we got to see the screeners additional thoughts um, uh, of this, of this uh, let's begin. Um, well, my initial thought was I, I, I loved the way they opened it. I loved that Terry hung up on crease. I thought that was <laughs> yes. interesting. Yeah. If you remember, I laughed my ass off. Uh, yeah. So funny. I, 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 but I, I do like the visual of him with his hair down, but like in maybe half a tuxedo under the velvet smoking jacket, playing the piano, you know, as rich people do, they wake up, they put on their half tuxedos, and their smoking jackets and they go play the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Just another day for one Terry Silver, I'd imagine. Right. I do have to give it up, though, for those curls. They're beautiful. They are. They are. Um. T.I.G., Tig, Thomas, Thomas Ian Griffith, uh, looks great. And the flashback, you know, like sometimes if you haven't seen somebody in a really long time and, you know, like if you don't have the greatest memory of that last time you saw that character, you, you could be like, oh, wow, okay, you know, it's it's been a really long time. And, you know, you, so sometimes people gain weight or, or they significantly age. Like Thomas, Thomas's hair just turned gray. Like <laughs> he still looks you know, uh, fabulous, um, great oh, yeah. shape, you know, in, in, in everything. So like when you see the flashback of, you know, the credit kid part three, um, I see almost no differences at, at all, uh, in his physical look, uh, except for the hair color. That's it. Pretty well. I mean, yeah. and you can tell he's a little older. Yeah. Just a little, just a little, just a, just a tad. Yeah. So it's, it's something about that Hollywood fountain of youth, you know, they're, they're not sharing these secrets. These, no. these, these men, um, uh, before we get into it, did you have any more to add? Uh, I, mine's just real brief, obviously. Oh, no, that was all I had for the, the Terry Silver part. 
Okay. Yeah. No, just overall, like this episode, I thought. Oh, I thought, overall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Overall thoughts. Yeah. Incredible. Waited too long, but it was over <laughs> too fast. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I want more now, um, which luckily we, you know, were able to get because, you know, we had the next, you know, if nine episodes that we could watch and now we're out again. So we need more now. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I liked, I mean, as we get into it, you know, I'll get into more of, you know, what I liked and things I noticed and, and stuff like that. I love Johnny and Daniel and all of their interactions, even when they were fighting, um, poor Eli, he's trying so hard and he's just so bad at it. Like he was so socially inept before he became, uh, socially overcharged and now he's back to being socially inept again. So he's just kind of wandering around getting his ass kicked. Does it really so, happen. you know, like, um, you know, I mentioned the, uh, you know, the interviews that, that, that we've done, I was hoping to try to line up like, you know, writers slash directors, whoever we can get for their episodes leading up to that episode review um, so, you know, we did a little out of order. We already spoke with Joe and Lawan, you know, so they're um, they, they wrote. Um, oh, gosh. Episode two. Out, two. Learn, learn. First, to, learn to stand. First, first learn to stand. stand. That's right. And so that's already out. We already spoke about that episode with them. So, you know, that is ready for you guys. If you have not listened to that to to listen to before we review uh, 402. But we did speak with John and Hayden, who also wrote. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They directed. 401 but it was um uh the big three who who uh who wrote it all together including josh healed so um so we did get to talk to them and at one point john mentions like you know like this is all deserved you know like um daniel mentions to him like you've burned bridges with like everybody what what did you expect so i i don't know if it's necessarily like he just doesn't know how to um what was it you said like just socially inept like i don't know if it's necessarily that like nobody wants to hear him out it's just like you know there's no apologies and and um i think john was uh said something like yeah you know we weren't gonna film this and and it's like you know daniel wasn't gonna be like okay well i led him back to my backyard and now everything's just fine and dandy no like he's gonna have to pay for this and that's why you know like all the front sweeps from johnny um, all the talk, you know, we'll get there as well. But you know, Chris and Nate also address some things with um with Hawk inside the dojo. So this is something we we uh, all wanted, and I think to a certain extent, we all kind of wanted um, Hawk to sit down with Daniel too. So that still may be coming, maybe not. Uh, this might be all of it, but I am glad that it was addressed in some capacity, you know, and not just kind of glossed over like, Oh, well, we're just going to fast forward because we have so much too, uh, too much story to tell, you know? Right. And like you said, Chris does bring it up and, you know, Dimitri has Eli's back period, no matter what, but even Ish. he can't argue right. with what Chris is saying. Yes. Facts. Yep. Um, And Eli, I mean, Eli knows what he did. He knows what he did the last time he was there. There's a reason he's kind of nervous and off kilter around Daniel from his own because he remembers what he did to this man the last time he was there. And, oh, my God, does he know that this was me? Well, yeah, he does. Um, Now, Daniel being Daniel, he's not going out of his way to make life miserable for Eli, but he's also not bending over backwards to welcome him, him, him into the fold with open arms either. Right, right. 
um, he's been spending more time with like the other, um, you know, the other students anyway. So um, right. just real quick to kind of go back to like the, the opening. Um, I, I, I guess not a whole lot for me to necessarily add to what you've already said, but I, I thought it was really interesting that Crease, I guess, has this number on hand, you know, to, to call uh, Silver, Terry Silver. And, and then later we're going to see him like at the house. Like, where did he get that? Or so are, are they like on LinkedIn together or something? Or like, where, where did he get Terry Silver's info? Um, which is kind of uh, interesting in itself. But um, John had mentioned in the interview about like, well, you know, after the events of Credit Kid 3, like, you know, what did happen to them? And, you know, obviously we're going to find more about it uh, later in this episode, but it was just really interesting to see because everyone was thinking, oh, well, he's calling Terry Silver and it's just going to be going to be fine. But no, um, clearly there's some issues here. And um, yeah, I just thought it was kind of a, a, a great uh, opening too. like we're not even going to see Terry's face. Not yet. You know, they're going to save it for the right moment. So. Right. And it, it did kind of occur to me to wonder the same thing, like, how would he get his phone number when he obviously doesn't know it's Chris calling him? Um, but it's also possible that, you know, they were still in touch in the late 90s when he got a cell phone. And he's one of those people like me who've managed to hold on to the entire phone number um, as long as they've had cell phones. I mean, I've got nieces and nephews that uh, change cell phone numbers like they change socks. Um, but maybe he's got the same one. It's just been so long. You know, he eventually deleted crease from his contacts. So even though crease still has that number, he doesn't necessarily know who it is calling. Well, it, it's, pro it's probably Johnny's number though, you know, cause, um, crease had taken the dojo from Johnny. Uh, it's a different location. So I'd imagine it's a different number too, but I do wonder how long Terry silver has been living in that house because what we're going to find out about him it sounds like, again, after Credit Kid 3, as soon as he starts to clean himself up um, and Kreese, quote unquote, vanishes, I, I feel like it's probably shortly after Credit Kid 3 is the last time they really saw each other. So we may not get an answer, but it, it is kind of curious, you know, uh, I just think it's just one of those things. <laughs> right. Know, we, we do know that they stay or we assume that they stayed in each other's vicinity long enough for Terry to offer him a job at Dynatox. Yeah, but we yeah. we don't know for sure. But I would assume that I I still assume that that was Terry. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, so so uh, back at the the the, the dojo, um, we already kind of went over some of the notes I had. Um, I thought this episode was uh, kind of interesting. Like, I don't think necessarily that it was a reminder that hey, we're comedy writers, and the show is also a comedy, not just a dramedy or or drama. But um, because some of the things here that were played for laughs, I, I, I found a little silly, you know, like Dimitri and Sam circling one another and waiting to be provoked. Like that was funny, but also like, OK, come on, you know, we that they were going about it a little too long. You know, it's just enough for Johnny to get a little like anxious, like what the hell is even going on? Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you know? Johnny's going to get anxious at that, at that, you know, because the goal is to be the one that doesn't break first. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. That would take Johnny all of three seconds to get sick of. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's probably exactly how long it took. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the warm up. I, I do love how Nate gets kicked by Mitch. Uh, you and I, we spoke. No, I spoke with Aiden. Did I bring you spoke that part with Aiden. Up? You know, you spoke with Aiden. I spoke with um, you and I spoke with Nate. 
Okay. Okay. Cause I remember that part coming up, but um, I, uh, cause I, I think, I think Mitch says something like, Oh shit, I'm sorry, dude. You know? And then I was like, Oh, that's right. They haven't really been dojo mates since Cobra Kai in season two, you know? So right. um, I thought that was kind of nice. It, it's just one of those like, Oh, when's the last time you guys spoke finally dialogue between you two, you, even if it was just one line. Um, the, but there's some sparring here. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a one with uh, Bert versus, uh, versus Mitch, and I forget the the one line, but um, uh, Bert gets uh, like a few uh, licks in uh, at one point, you know, to kind of uh, uh, show off um, Owens, you know, uh, little experience here with with martial arts. No little experience. Yeah, he has okay. none, right? No, I mean just <laughs> just a little bit, you know. To uh, is that a short joke? You know, like. Uh, I, I guess I, I want to refrain. Oh, we, we did get a, a comment somewhere just um, kind of saying like they wish that we don't that, that we didn't talk about how like Owen so little all the time. I, I think it was like during his interview. Oh, it was probably like in the comments in the YouTube. I'm like, well, you know, we've known him for a few years, like literally since he was like 14. So he's always going to be little to us. And, you know, we're grown as adults. So anybody under or younger than us is little. Um, yeah, for the most part. For the most part, uh, but what do you think of um, uh, of seeing the senseis teaching, you know, the the other students, uh, you know, their, their their training techniques? Like, you know, we talk about the the wax on wax off with like Nate and you know so, so some of the other kids, but um, what would you think of like Johnny trying to do the same thing? You know, like clearly he's. He doesn't know what's going on. He's like, oh, well, if Daniel's going to have uh, them clean his car, might as well do my van here, which is also Daniel's. Right. Yeah. We're just we're just, uh, you know, not going to mention that until a couple episodes later when Daniel gets hacked off about it. But um, I think I think that Bert here got the short end of the cleaning stick because <laughs> I don't know what that is. He's pulling out of that back seat, but it doesn't look like anything I would ever want to put my hands in. Yeah. Um. Any spare change you find, it's mine. You know, it's like, it, okay, that's that's truly Johnny. Very, very Johnny. Yeah. Um, we uh, there's a sequence here where Hawk, um, there's a Hawk versus Mitch inside Miyagi Do, and they're sparring. Um, and Hawk kicks a hole through the screen door. Uh, any chance that this might be, um, you know, like kind of like the the Shoji show. show Shoji screen, right? With uh, Dennis from Credit Good Three. Oh, Shoji screens don't hit back. Yeah, I, I know it's a, a little bit different, but you know, it's a similar type door. Um, you know, they put a hole through it. Well, yeah, but I mean, there you've also got uh, 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 Tedo and Toshio completely destroy the back garden, mm-hmm. yeah. right? While Chosen is is uh, killing Daniel, so you've got broken Shoji screens there. You've got um broken it's a theme, screens at right? the yeah it is yeah. it just is yeah um and poor daniel is this is why we don't spar in here right yeah like you wouldn't you know you would think that people would notice that um the mat ends about six inches from the door yeah so if anyone has any momentum going they're going right through that door oh yeah they they need some more room I feel, yes. yeah, to to um, you know do their exercises and such. So we cut to the Cobra Kai dojo. We got Tori punching Bob, the uh, the punching dummy, and um, channeling her anger, right? Kind of harking back to a little bit of um, season three 
where you know she was telling Robbie, you know, something that 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 Chris had told her to channel kind of kind of all that anger makes you stronger kind of thing. Um, uh, let's see, her mind is still on the fight against Sam at the Russo's house because we do get a flashback here. Uh, Kyler's in the background talking about girls lining up for him once he gets into ASU. I'm not familiar with this school, but you know, there's this line where uh, Kyler mentions that his dad prefers Harvard, but uh, but he thinks ASU is like uh, Harvard adjacent. So clearly that's a joke that I just don't understand. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Arizona State University, Alabama State University. I Probably have... something in California that's not not so big. You know, I don't think it's necessarily like a community college, but um, so it's something that I kind of think is good enough, but it's obviously no Harvard. The, the Harvard of the West Coast is Stanford. Okay. Yes, I I've, that maybe even Berkeley. I don't know. Possibly. I mean, these, these are schools I heard like in shows I watched growing up, you know, like say by the bell, for example, like you, you heard these colleges that uh, the kids were looking at, you know, when they're about to graduate high school kind of thing. So like ASU is not one that I've heard in my TV shows. Okay. Uh, one thing that I like about the, the Tory sequence with Bob here is especially with Kyler talking while she's doing it. You've got kind of this like mixed up kind of um, where she keeps seeing Sam and then she's hitting Bob harder because yeah. she sees Sam. It's Miguel seeing Kyler yep. in his head from season one. Correct. Um, and having Kyler present in that scene, I think, makes that connection even even stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just how much better. um Peyton has gotten with her punches since the last time we saw her, you know, in the face-to-face montage with Sam from uh, 209. That's my girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how much fiercer her punches are now than they were in, in season two, um, which it, 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 she's just gotten stronger overall. All of them have. And yes. This has really been the first chance I think we've gotten to see just how good Peyton is getting at this. I completely agree. She was, um, you know, not a huge surprise, but again, like I felt there was growth from everybody involved uh, in season four. Yeah. Um, Tori walks over and calls Kyler pathetic, uh, says that if um, she addresses them, the the other students, that if they handled their business, um, they could have won. Do you agree with that? No. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was a little interesting, but uh, her and Kyler, they continue to go at it while Chris is watching through the office window. So what do you think he's thinking there? Um, well, I mean, what else can he he really be thinking? He, you know, a couple of weeks ago was looking out over this dojo that was completely packed. And now he's looking at Dieter, Edwin, Big Red. Austin. Peyton or Tori and yeah. Kyler, um, which Austin has to have a name. And I just uh, Lawson, Lawson, I think it's Lawson, Lawson. OK, I, I feel like it is. Yeah, um, but he's down from, you know, like uh, the 20 kids to six. Yeah, I mean, and he he's the one that kind of put that idea into Tori, you know, to to go take care of some business. So he's I don't think he's feeling like any type of guilt or like, ah, you know, maybe that wasn't the right move. But I mean, clearly what he had in mind didn't necessarily pan out because 
you're right. Like he lost at least half the dojo. Right. The ones that didn't go to uh, Miyagi-Do immediately afterwards, just straight up quit, which mm-hmm. would be um, uh, Rickenberger <laughs> is gone. Yeah. yeah. And um, and um, his two friends, the the black boy with the braids and then the other one, the the kind of thick necked one. Um, they're both gone. <laughs> I what is he has a really that guy has a really thick neck. Um, okay, now now I'm thinking of like those. What is it? Those thumb movies, you know, like Thumb Tannic and God Thumb and Bat Thumb. You know what I'm talking about? What do you watch on YouTube? <laughs> it was by Steve was Steve Odenkirk or something like that. Uh, the guy who did like Kung Pao Into the Fist. Uh, he also wrote like Ace Ventura Two and Nature Calls. There was like a series that he like wrote and produced and was probably like his face imposed on these thumbs that reenacted, you know, like these other movies like Thumb Tannic. Thumb- oh, okay, for yeah. some reason, I am I'm I'm seeing nightmare images from some um, freaking adult swim tsunami sketch. Oh, sure. I mean, it's probably something like that. But like the thick okay. neck makes me think like no neck, you know, it's just like a like like a thumb no neck. <laughs> say that yeah. okay so let's uh, move on to robbie's yeah. green uh yeah so so robbie walks in uh kyler makes a really good point here uh he wonders um you know why he gets to stay if he doesn't even practice because he never joined the team duh that's, that's correct uh robbie's packing his things in the back dojo uh crease walks in tells him he's late and before he can finish his sentence robbie tells him he never said he was joining the dojo and that he just needed a place to uh crash so only until shannon gets out um, that's kind of the, that's the impression that I, that I get later on in the season. Right. He was just waiting for Shannon to get out of rehab, um, which I'm assuming, you know, has happened. But then again, I would have logically thought that she was out of rehab before he was out of jail. Uh, and what do you have to go, th- uh, go off of for that? The fact that most people are only in rehab for two, maybe three months tops. Hmm. And she'd already been in there for quite a while before uh, the school fight happened. I I suppose. But, you know, like I'm sure every individual is different. Every situation is different. And you're talking about, you know, this, this, this woman, she literally left her 16 year old son home alone without money and stuff only came back to grab her pills to go to Cabo chase, you know? Um, so maybe, maybe it was just, she, she needed maybe a little bit more help who knows, but, um, you know, just one of those things that like, again, remember Hayden kind of like Brianna, if you just (laughs) stop looking at the crack, there is no logic in the universe (laughs) and stop looking for it. So when it comes to like, you know, time and space and stuff like that, um, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I never even thought about that timeline because I, I just, I, I just figured, you know, she'll be out when she'll be out kind of thing. But yeah, I, I, I feel um, Robbie at this point has nobody that he can trust, uh, but his mom question mark. So just needed somewhere to stay at this point. And he couldn't be either of his two dads. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ni- neither of, I mean, he, he could have gone and lived with either of them, but he's angry with them. So right. he's not going to do that. 
Correct. Um, but, you know, again, and 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 yes, I keep bringing who keep harping on who had custody of him in season three, who had right. custody of him in season three. But again, this is, as Hayden said, this is the Cobra Kai universe where teenage boys are. Well, no, this is Cobra Kai. Well, this is Cobra Kai, but um, I because I just listened to that Kid universe. Before. Right. And this yeah. is where. Teenage boys spend more time in juvie on a first offense than grown adults who assault children do on probation. So you're, you're telling me in season five, Chris is going to be out in the first episode. <laughs> oh, most likely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. for God's sake, how long did how long was I mean, this is if this if we if, if we assume we pick up right at the end. Right. So we're still in 2018. This is late Nin- December. 19. No, no, no. no. Oh, wait, what, late, what December, about? late December 2018. Where oh, right we now. start. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Raymond was on probation for what? 90 days? Yeah. Did they specify specify season three? I forget. I don't I don't think so. I don't think they gave us a time. Well, because he, he it goes it goes from Oh, because it was mentioned early in the September, um, PTA. Yeah, yep. Early September through the end of December um, is the is the the time span of season three. Right. Yeah. So yeah, and the first time that we hear that he's on probation, I mean, he got less time on probation for beating the shit out of teenagers in their own school building. Uh, I mean, then Johnny got for beating a bunch of assholes up in a parking lot. I mean, that that's, you know, it's a public space, you know, versus a school. It's a little bit different, I guess. It should be. You think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? You know. But anyway, Robbie but, looks great in clock. green. He does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Green green looks good on him. Um, just so you guys know, we spoke with Frank Helmer, uh, talked about that green. So, you know, look mm-hmm. out for that. Uh, uh, see here. Chris tells him that he can stay as long as he likes. And immediately, Robbie knows he's up to something. Um uh, Chris credits. No, no, no. Robbie credits uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, it, it that that it helped him when he was in juvie, but refuses to be a pawn in this bet that he's got with Daniel and Johnny. Uh, Chris tells him he thinks of him as a king and tells him Johnny had all the talent in the world and that he gave him every opportunity, right? All six hundred seventy-four of them um, <laughs> to come back, but he chose Miguel. Uh, and just adding fuel to Robbie's anger, uh, it reminds him that. Hmm? Yeah, I so say you would think, though, that Robbie would be smart enough. I mean, he starts off this conversation with his head on his shoulders and mm-hmm. his feet solidly on the floor. He knows who and what he's dealing with here. And he's like, I'm not going to be part of this. This is your game, not mine. Right. And then by the end of it, just because Crease blows some smoke up his skirt, he's willing to listen to the guy that it, it just seemed like a very abrupt turnaround. Yeah. And, and again, I'm going to keep bringing up this interview with John and Hayden. But um, I had asked about, like, you know, can you guys shed some light on Robbie's journey? Hayden starts off like the good one, <laughs> you know. And um, he, talk, he talked about this 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 moment here. Like, Robbie's just going to use Cobra Kai, so he's listening because it, it's going to be to his advantage for sure. Right. So it's, it, it serves his purpose at the moment. Correct. Yeah. Like he's not giving in to the dark side. I, I believe you even kind of brought that up too. Uh, yeah, that. he stays Robbie. Even yes. when he's doing things that made me scream obscenities at him, which I apologize for, Robbie. I love you. That will be coming um, up, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, he was still even even when I was angry with him, even when he was doing things that disappointed me and, and upset me. Um, he's still Robbie. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he never stops being Robbie. So. No, no, he doesn't. Um, let's see. Just to repeat this line, Chris uh, told him that uh, Robbie's got more talent than his father and the world needs to see it. Uh, Robbie doesn't care about the stupid trophy. Chris tells him it's about being a champion and that the reputation follows you for the rest of your life. What do you think about that? I think that um, probably the only good thing that ever came out of Vietnam for John Kreese was winning that trophy in 1972. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, back again into uh, Kreese's PTSD and his storyline with Vietnam and the flashbacks and things that we that we saw and that we continue to see um, in this season. I think that. Cobra Kai is basically Kreese's way of chasing that heroism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's chasing that dream. He wants to be someone's hero. He doesn't know what it feels like. Yeah. Um, you know, so he thinks, right, like him being the champion back in the 70s, he thinks that that reputation is following him, but I don't think anybody knows, really. You know, he has uh, to have no. he has to have the one picture of him wielding the the AR. I don't know, probably um, M4. I, I don't know. It, it's it, a, a one. I don't know. It's I'd have to see it again, but it's a big gun. Yeah, it's it's a rifle. Um, we don't say gun. We say rifle. Uh, but it, you got the one picture just to let anybody know that you once were a champion. So not a, it doesn't necessarily follow you, you know, when you have to keep reminding people. That's um, true. When you have to take it everywhere with you. Yeah. Uh, Sam and Daniel, they get home from a long day of training. Daniel forgets to disable the new house alarm. Question mark. Um, I'm assuming it's new. Yeah, because he really. Um, uh, there we go. We get to hear Daniel cuss finally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with it being Netflix, they can get away with as much cussing as they want. I'm still waiting for Daniel's righteously earned F-bomb. Right? Yeah. I mean, we, we did see, I don't remember if this it was in this episode, but we addressed it when we broke down the, um, the season four trailer that we did notice that um, Daniel had uh, added surveillance. You know, there was a camera um, in Miyagi-Do. So yeah. he clearly added something to the LaRusso Mance as well. Um, what I thought was interesting that apparently is set to alert if someone comes through the main door with a key because Amanda and Anthony are home which I don't know if the the addition of the um, the whole thing with the home alarm was just to show us Anthony, you know, like, hey, just so you guys know, this is what Anthony looks like now. Keep an eye on him because he's coming up in episode two. You know what I mean? Because if we didn't see Anthony right now, there was almost no purpose to have shown him randomly in this episode. And then just to see him on the bus with Kenny in episode two, you're just kind of like, wait, well, who, who is that kid? You know what right. I, mean? so I, thought, I thought it was really interesting to add this because I don't know. Again, I don't know if it was the purpose to show us Anthony, but it was nice that they did so. So that way, hey, people, look, he's gotten even bigger since, you know, episode 307. Right, right. And, you know, and, and Anthony being Anthony, perfectly, you know, content to sit back and let mom go after the bad guys with the baseball bat while he'll like um, tweet at them or something with his iPad. Um, I mean, you know, she comes running to bring people at her front door and he's just kind of standing back there behind her going, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's probably thinking that they're a little bit extra, you know, he's still kind of into the game. So maybe his awareness isn't, you know, so clear 
like everyone else is, I suppose. I mean, he doesn't know like really what's going on. He's only hearing them talk about it. Um, the the password Outlander is that a show you watched? No. Okay, neither do I. But I think I think is that the one that's like about time travel and it's like yeah in Ireland or something. Um, I don't know where it is, but yeah, it's about time travel and. Well, I need um, to check that out then. The the well, it's it's chick chick flick chick or chick lit or whatever what? you would want to call it. It's a book chick, series. Chick chick lit is something you. Uh, it's like it's like a gum. Little tiny baby, yeah, little, yeah. little tiny bubble gum. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a book series, and yes. it, they made it into a show, and all these terrible things happen to these people over and over and over again. Sounds like any show that is available now. <laughs> no, I mean like bad, like bad things happen. Like to, what? It, <clears throat> no. You'll you'll have to either watch it or read it for yourself. But the woman that writes that book series is very um, let's see. She what did she call fan fiction writers? Rapists. Hmm. That were attacking and raping her babies to which her fans go. You do know what you had happened to your male lead character in the last three fucking books, right? Well, I mean, is she Irish? There you, you go. know, because maybe she meant the therapists, you know, like Sean Connery on uh, Celebrity uh, Jeopardy. It's Sean, yeah, that was really Sean Connery on there. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got it. Clearly, you I've did. I've seen so, that episode. Yeah. Uh, yes, I have seen that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she she's a but it, it's a it's a wildly popular show. It's on HBO, I think. Well, um, Daniel, or maybe is it down, is on Netflix now. He's down with GOT and he's down with Outlander. I might have to check out Outlander. So, well, uh, Amanda watches Outlander. I don't oh. know about Daniel. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it wouldn't strike me as very much <laughs> Daniel's cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, we have the excellent Twilight Zone, huge glasses of wine conversation. That is coming up. Yep. Amanda and Daniel, they're sitting at the dinner table uh, having that glass of wine, as you mentioned. Um, she says that she feels trapped and that the new alarm system uh, has her on edge. I mean, it's set to alert them while they're in the house. Like clearly they, they feel after the events of 310 that, yeah, I mean, they could be in danger um, at any time of the day, you know, whether they're home or not. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think I at, get at it. this point, yeah, I, I, I completely understand why they feel the way they do. And I think that, at least, well, at least at this point, they think that they are right to, to still be that afraid. They don't realize that Cobra Kai has, you know, split up, for lack of a better term, and kind right. of blown to the seven winds. And there's very few left. And, um, you know, they felt safe leaving Sam and her friends home alone to go to the country club. And yeah. that bit them in the ass. Right. But there's no way they could have seen it coming either. So I think they're just no. trying to get ahead of it before the next time. Um, I like how she calls like uh, she says something like, um, you know, she thinks that those Cobra Kai shits should be locked up, especially that psycho Tori. Um, and if anyone deserves no mercy, it's her. So mm-hmm. just, you know, some good writing. And uh, again, it's TV three. So um, she thinks that they're living in the Twilight Zone. Daniel says if him and Johnny uh, can work together. Um, it'll be better. It'll better their chances to put an end to it all. And she asks, how's it going with Captain Eagle Claw, which I, I just love. 
Um, and Daniel <laughs> says, at least they haven't beaten each other up yet. Uh, and they cheer to progress. Right. Right. Yeah. They haven't they haven't murdered each other just yet. So yeah, no hey, TV has fallen doing... at this point, you know. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're doing just fine, doing just fine. Um, I almost like hate hearing that line now. You're doing just fine. I love you. You know what I mean? Like every time I hear doing just fine, you know, and there's a freaking voice of men song doing just fine. It's like, no, I don't want to hear doing just fine because I know what follows that. I love you. I love you too, Robbie. You know, so I hate that. <laughs> I hate that now. Um, let's see here. Uh, Amanda stares at her glass and questions if she, uh, if he thinks Crease will shut down Cobra Kai if he loses, to which Daniel assures will happen. I thought this was some really interesting physical acting from uh, Courtney Hangler where yeah, she is like holding the glass still and just staring at it. She didn't even take a sip yet. Yeah, no, she's just sitting there staring at it. Yeah. So um, just one of those little things I noticed because it, you know, she could have easily taken a sip, put it down and said it. But just the fact that she's still holding it, she's hanging on to, like metaphorically to that thought, you know, yes. like, you know, so. Yeah, she is. And, and she's so lost in that thought that she's like just fixated on what's in her hand but she's not even really looking at it it's like she's looking through it mm -hmm. yeah i like that um says that they are daniel says that they have luso 2.0 uh, basically adding pressure to sam who overhears uh, this conversation from the living room um he continues that everyone in the valley will see that cobra kai doesn't work uh, especially robbie so yeah, I, I feel I mean, he may they probably don't know she's in the living room, but this is a conversation that Sam needs to be included in. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that they probably thought she was up in her room because she I mean, she walked into the living room, you know, after they'd already been talking for several minutes. And I don't right. think they heard her come down the stairs. No, um, the Diaz family uh, is over at Johnny's for dinner. He's prepared some fajitas with grilled vegetables as pico de gallo and both corn and flour tortillas. Mm, I like the sound of that. And oven temp and rear. Yes. Burning uh, their keep finally. Yes. Uh, for the newer listeners, those are the owl uh, salt and pepper shakers. We have called oven temp and rear, which is where they're placed above his stove. So um, incorrect. Those are their name labels. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back um <laughs> but uh yeah it it bothered the shit out of me at, I, I think it's the same episode where um we don't see him place them back on the on the stove but they are like a foot apart and it just irked me it made my eye twitch you know yeah they are too far apart uh, but anyway um yeah yeah seems impressed by uh, not only him preparing this food but maybe also his pronunciation of gallo <laughs> Because um, he read he, he read the ingredients online, so he could have easily have said Gallo or something, you know. Okay, I will. I will. I will give you that she indulges his stupidity just because she thinks he's adorable when he's trying. Right. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> but she's also not above saying things like, "What country? We're Ecuadorian, not Mexican." Oh, yeah. No, she questions the authenticity for whom, you know. Uh, right. Fabregasted that he thinks Ecuadorian and Mexican are the same. Um, and then he offers her some mango salsa. Um, and I love what she does with her hand. Kind of like, oh, you know, like, um, you know, no, thank you. Like, that's enough kind of gesture. 
Well, yeah, because he definitely gives her a white boy portion of salsa on that. I mean, when he thinks that this is authentic to them, like you, you want to make sure that they get enough of it. Right. Yeah. But I mean, Americans drown their food in condiments. Other countries do they condiments (laughs) too. I think the joke is, you know, accentuate that. They don't know how to season the food. Um, no, because our food is bland as hell. So we just dump a bunch of ketchup and fake salsa on it. And yeah. it, then it, it tastes like things. Yeah. But um, I do have yeah. to say his fajitas are they, they they look to be a combination of steak and chicken. And mm. the, the peppers look really well grilled. Yeah. I mean, look, he can follow instructions. He's an adult. I mean, I guess some right. instructions, but, I, you know, uh, small victories. Um, and at this point, I wrote down Watch Party did tweet that Johnny busted out the Coca-Cola for his guests with the RC Cola still in the kitchen. So Ralph's mango salsa salsa. Oh, yes. A little Easter egg um, for Ralph, the little mouse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being facetious, people. Uh, and and I, I I was just sitting here I, going, wait a minute. He- Why are I we talking hear- about the mouse and motorcycle all of a sudden? I can hear you crossing your arms. Um, uh, Carmen asks about uh, the first day and wants to make sure Miguel will be safe. And then Yaya asks Miguel, how how does he like to be doing karate with his girlfriend? And if they're doing uh, a lot of one-on-one sparring, Um, I like, I love what she does with her fists, you know, like the the pounding fists together. And it's so funny because when we spoke with Vanessa, she also did the fist pounding thing, but like in a different context of something else we were speaking of. And I always brought that up. Like, Oh, you just reminded me like when Yaya did that, uh, the whole sparring, you know, (laughs) right. uh, Kind of thing. So um, that's funny. Uh, And let's see, Carmen is happy. Him and Sam are back together. And this is when Miguel brings up how Johnny and Allie just went out on a date and either he was adjusting in his seat or feeling uncomfortable with the topic or he was trying to kick Miguel. What do you think? Um, I like the trying to kick Miguel, but he can't reach him all the way under the table. Right. Yeah. Um, and so how much of that chastising look on on um, Carmen's face is okay. So you snuck out and saw your ex without telling me and how much yeah. of it is you dick. You just kicked me in the shins. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree with a lot of that, except for like the sneaking out part. I mean, in that one episode, uh, she picked up a shift for her friend and, you know, coworker. And so she was working late. So, I mean, you know, and they didn't necessarily establish their relationship at that point. Cause they were supposed to talk about it. So, they were Johnny's, supposed to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. And and so, like, I don't know. This this is hard for me to kind of tell the line, but I was like, I I feel like he, sh- he should have told her, but he didn't have to tell her. Right. Right. You know? and, it, and, and I'm sure that, you know, she looking back, you know, would think, OK, we hadn't had a chance to lay, you know, our, our ground rules down and we hadn't even fully committed to each other yet at this point. Although in her head, I'm pretty well sure that she thought they were because he's a dumpster fire. So she doesn't expect him to be going out finding other women um, or even looking, you know, yeah, and it so, doesn't it doesn't help that Miguel mentions like, oh, you know, um, I, I forget the wording, but basically like, oh, you know, she was the one that got away or whatever, you know. Uh, so 
Yeah, super cringy. I feel like everybody was like, shut the hell up, Miguel. What are you doing? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Know? There was literally yeah. no one not yeah, not yelling that. And <laughs> I, I I do like, you know, one of the first things I said watching this scene of them doing the dishes, I was like, I have those plates. Like, <laughs> I had, I I know exactly where, where they got those plates. You know, that, that's that's the um, Walmart stoneware. Um, I, it's crimson. Something is the actual color. And it's like, those are my dishes. I know those dishes. Um, even his dish soap looks pathetic and not anything I would want touching my dishes though. Mm. It looks kind of like a mix of like lemon Ajax with bacon grease. I mean, detergent is detergent. The, the bacon grease, I'm sure there's like a Trader Joe's something that smells like bacon too for those that like that stuff. Um, oh, just sure. real quick though, like if this show wasn't a, a dramedy, you know, I, I feel just right after that um, the cringy Miguel uh, line there, I, I feel like Johnny would have been like in mid drinking and spits out his drink, you know, to to like, like what, what are you doing? Like, what do you say? You know, like, but without dialogue, like I, I feel that would right. be the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you just watched Carmen's face the, the way Vanessa played this. You just watch Carmen's face fall further and further and further. Yes, yes, and more it, Miguel talks, and like again, kind of metaphorically, that like Johnny would be sinking in his seat, uh, like the, the more Miguel just continues talking as well. Um, right, I the, the the part where they're like washing dishes together, like, um, again, like I think I think Carmen understands kind of like what I said, like Johnny didn't have to tell her, but maybe he should have. And because of that, that's why she doesn't like necessarily just end it. It's just like, okay, you know, maybe we're moving a little fast and we should just slow down. So that way you can really think about us. And if this is really what you want, because it doesn't sound like you're, you know, um, all in. Right. Right. So um, is that an Applebee's menu hanging on Johnny's fridge? I don't know. I do not have the screen up with me. Oh, okay. Because I can't. I can't tell if that's Applebee's logo at the top. Hmm. Could be. You know, that would be I hilarious mean, if he get if he if he gets DoorDash from from Applebee's because he's not allowed to go. <laughs> that could be. I actually, I was just thinking, uh, like, um, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, maybe he just mistook Chili's for Applebee's. You know, because Johnny. Right. Um, so. Cut to Crease, uh, who shows up at Terry's home again. Maybe they're uh, friends on LinkedIn. I'm not sure. Uh, he walks to the side of the house and see one of Terry's help, uh, a woman named Carla. She's struggling with a tray uh, with a bucket of ice. She drops the tongs and Terry steps in to help her. And as he does, he sees Crease um, trespassing. And also, we did learn on Twitter shortly after season four came out. And I forgot how this was brought up, but uh, we did learn that while they were shooting the scene, like it, it was um, inspired by, I, I feel, uh, uh, for Major League, where Tom Berenger follows Rene Russo. Uh, uh, you know, she, he goes into the elevator after her, sees where she gets off, and unbeknownst to him, that he walks into like her boyfriend's loft or whatever, you know. So it's not like you're walking down a hallway and figure out which apartment is hers, you know. It's like you, you literally just walked into their home. Oh. And, yeah, and I can't unsee it, you know, now that uh, I, I learned that. Did you, did you not know that? No, I, oh. well, I I can't remember the last time I saw Major League. So oh, okay. if yeah. if that came up even during our conversation, it's nothing that would have like stuck in my head because I haven't seen that movie in so long. Oh, yeah. No, it, it wasn't during our conversation. It, it was on Twitter that I learned that. 
Oh, okay. Um, I do like the 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 juxtaposition here of how sweet and tender Terrence is with Carla and trying to think what Terry would have done, you know, if Milos had dropped the tongs uh, trying to bring the booze to the backyard. You know, like this is the first sign we've gotten. Plus, he's wearing blue velvet, which we know is, you know, obviously an association with Daniel because you don't wear blue unless you're Miyagi-Do and you're hanging out with Daniel. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, I mean, we're going to find out a lot about Terrence here. Um, So. What Chris finds out is that he walked into a launch party he wasn't invited to, obviously. Um, he meets Terrence's girlfriend, Cheyenne. Uh, what do you think about her? I like Cheyenne. I do. I mean, she's a little bit presumptuous, um, but her heart's in the right place. And I don't know that many kids in Ohio are going to want to learn mindfulness. It's really not something that we Midwesterners even know exists. Mm -hmm. But um, I heartily endorse her trying. Like her heart's in the right place. She's just kind of maybe kind of lofty and hoity about the whole thing. Sure. You know, like I I feel this is supposed to be like, you know, the people that are fans of your Terry Silver, you, you probably had an idea of where he would be in his life. And I feel, you know, they were trying to, um, you know, subvert any of that. Right. Like, well, you guys probably pictured like this, you know, this woman that was, you know, blonde, blue eyes from America or whatever. No, he's with, with someone ethnic that that has an accent um, eating tofu. Right. The time, the kind of people that he surrounds himself is not anything that you probably, you know, would have imagined. Oh, no, not even close. I mean, when I first saw this whole little, you know, backyard soiree they had going on, I was like, oh, my God, this is so hippie of him. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And um, not something that you would expect to see from um, a soldier in the Vietnam war, you would not expect to see him embracing the new age and the, the um, like he's, he's striking me as the kind of guy who's, you know, paying for Cheyenne's goat yoga and he's <sighs> meditating with Mike Myers in the backyard or something. You sure. Know? The love guru. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's see. We uh, we cut back to Miyagi-Do, where both uh, Miyagi-Do and Eagle Fang attempt to train together. Johnny and Daniel are addressing the kids, and they came up with the solution to train together, but separately. Uh, Sammy Miguel, who both thought getting the two dojos together uh, would make them stronger, disappointed that they'll be training on opposite ends of the dojo. Uh, Eagle Fang begins their training with uh, front-sweeping Hawk. Hawk apologizes for being a dick, and Johnny tells them, talk is cheap. Yeah. And I mean, I can't really blame Johnny here, but no, because Johnny is feeling personally betrayed and yes. and Johnny was personally betrayed. Yes. Um, you know, and, and when he went to the kids at the school last season and he was trying to, he, he, he did the, the mea culpa and, you know, the I'm here now 
and let's work on this and let's move forward and all this stuff. Eli was the one that Hawk rather was the one that gave him the most lip, but I don't really think that the other Eagle Fang kids are really on board with kicking the crap out of um, out of him either. But I do. I will say it is nice to see him snap that bow to Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, Harking back to 105. Absolutely. Yeah. Was it 105? Uh, 105 is when he walked in. Right. So it was maybe after that then. Wait a minute. No. Season one. 107. Was it 107? It was season one. 106. Maybe it was 106. 106 is Quiver. That's where it was. That's where. Yeah. Because I'm like 105 ends with with uh, Daniel and and 107 ends with Johnny and Miguel hugging. Where the hell is? Oh, yeah. In between. Okay. Yeah. Took me a minute. Yeah. Uh, You got there. Um, let's see. Tori walks into the back uh, dojo where Robbie is bench pressing by himself. Tori comments that he's supposed to have a spotter to which he replies he doesn't need one. Uh, Tori references his absence from the fight again, uh, thinks he's hiding. Robbie questions what was she even thinking that there was nothing good that was going to uh, come out of that fight. Um, he's not wrong. No, and, he's not. What, yeah. what exactly did she think was going to happen? Yeah. And and this was one of these early moments where I'm like, okay, Tanner, I'm I'm paying attention now. And um also listening back to uh the episode where Kristen Baldwin joined me for was it top five things we were surprised, you know, uh surprised. Yeah, five with. things, five things you weren't expecting. Yeah, from, from season four. And uh she she had mentioned something about like um, you know, she couldn't take Robbie seriously because of his hair before you know and so i was like okay you know maybe maybe that's what it is am i i mean no no i'll take that back that's not what it is because like tanner everybody everybody has up their game in terms of of acting but this was like again one of those moments where i'm just like okay robbie or tanner slash robbie i see you like i'm paying attention i'm listening to your words you know um yeah i was definitely more on like team robbie than uh many of the other uh, guys uh, in the season. Oh, I definitely was. I mean, I've been, I've been team Robbie since season one. I've. And and not to say that I was never not, you know, but. Right. um, Right. What was in a character? I don't want to say that I, that I didn't care too much about, but like, I've always, you know, um, I've always liked Miguel, you know, ever since season one. So I was always kind of like, if I had to choose between the two, uh, Miguel or Robbie, I was always, you know, Miguel, you know, okay. Johnny. So, Exactly. <laughs> See, that's weird for me to hear because like, no, because between those two, I would pick Daniel, but I, I, I know what you're saying. Um, oh man. <laughs> little self-reflection. I there, acknowledge like, your words. I've heard yeah. them. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm, I hear what you're saying. This sounds all too familiar. Right. Um, let's see here. So uh, Tori thinks he's straddling the fence, uh, says girls like Sam LaRusso. Uh, thinks that the world revolves around them and to get whatever she wants, she just has to make a puppy dog face and say, please. Um, she calls him out, says she still got him uh, wrapped around her finger, even after having been dropped because he continues to defend her. And ah, he doesn't have anything to say there. Um, and tells him that uh, this dojo isn't for him if he's going to be on the defense. Uh, and I kind of questioned, is that the dojo he wants? But right. You know. 
I she, mean, I, 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 she's not I wrong either. She's not. But, you know, at the same time, at least she's not wrong with what she's saying about him. Right. She yeah. is so completely wrong about Sam. Yes. That is not even funny. Now, they've maybe kind of played into that a little bit, you know, where she did she later in this in this episode, you know, where Robbie believes he's the first person who's ever told her. No, of course, he's not. Of course, he's not. She's just a very earnest. She is a bit of a goody two shoes, but a bit. Come on, I, I mean, look, I, I'm a big fan of Sam. I'll be first to admit, yeah, more than a little bit, yeah. Okay, she is a serious goody two shoes, but it doesn't mean that she thinks that she can bat her eyes at anybody but Daniel, right? And get immediately everything she wants, and she really knows she can't even really get that because she has two parents. Mm-hmm. And of the two of them, Daniel is the only one we've really ever seen, like pushing back on her. Right. So. No, I mean, she, of course, she's completely wrong about what she thinks about Sam, but mm-hmm. same token, Sam's completely wrong what she feels about Tori or thinks about Tori. Right. So, you know, the world would be so better, uh, so much better if they all just sat down and talked, you know, over some boba tea. Oh, hell no with the boba tea (laughs) and tofu. Hell with the boba tea and tofu. I think they just need to bond over pizza because we've seen domesticating over pizza, especially when you have a fire oven in your freaking kitchen. Yeah, it fixes everything. So we cut to crease uh, staring at the vegan tofu skewer that we're talking about here. Uh, And this is where we catch up the audience on the relationship between crease and silver. For those that didn't know. Um, Kreese mentions they met in Nam 50 years ago and Cheyenne's surprised by this, uh, to which Terry says, there's not much to tell. So we know, or we have an idea at least where his headspace is uh, with his relationship with Kreese. Um, right. Let's see. Uh, there's a gentleman sitting next to Kreese named Emil, who's admiring his perfect Hasbrook jawline. And because we're so behind on our review, I'm sure uh, dozens of channels and podcasters have already gone over the Habsburg jawline. So look that up. Might be foreshadowing to either the end of this season or the or, or for Crease's storyline. Who knows? Um, so again, look that up. You guys yourselves. You guys yourselves. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell was that. Uh, look that up yourselves, guys. <laughs> thank you. I was channeling Yoda or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Maybe, you know. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, you kind of mentioned about the, the mindfulness app, um, that mention of Ohio, it actually kind of immediately made me think of Jessica from Columbus a little bit, um, probably unintentional, but, uh, the talk about teaching the ki- uh, kids gives Chris the opportunity to slither into the history of teaching an adorable karate team called the Vipers. Um, and this is like one of those like TV and movie tropes where it's kind of like, Oh, what, what was that again? And they just say something completely off, you know, it's just. It, like the, the and the Vipers wasn't that the um Ben Stiller's like a uh, dodgeball team name? Oh crap! Yeah, I feel I feel like they were the Vipers. So I don't remember. Yeah, uh, Emil thinks that uh, uh, cute Terrence that it's cute that Terrence had a karate face and annoyed. Crease responds that it is not a phase but a way of life, uh, and that you could leave it uh, for a while, but it never leaves you. Some foreshadowing there. Chris right. says that well. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Miyagi. Uh, you know, everything he says is 
like the truth ish. <laughs> uh, I mean, it uh, increases. Yeah. Mind, yeah. It increases, but. increases mind. Yeah. Um, we cut back to Daniel. Is uh, it, okay. I do yeah, have to ahead. ask though, the actor that plays Emil, you yep. say, yes. Um, am I nuts in thinking it, 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 does he remind you of one of the Mythbusters? I, I can see that uh, maybe the mustache, um, but he they, that guy wears a beret, doesn't he? No, that's no. The bald one wears the beret. Oh, um, that's, about the that's other one then? Jamie. I believe yeah, I'm talking about the it. other one. The other one is redhead. I I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen an episode of that because I, I know it's been long canceled, but uh, I believe he's from a show called The State, which I'm not familiar with, but Apparently, everyone on Twitter seems to know or, or is familiar with him. Oh, um, never heard of it. Yeah. So, um, but I, I, from what I've read uh, on some exchanges uh, on Twitter, that uh, this was uh, a good get, and a lot of people liked the the, the guest appearance here. Oh, uh, okay. I, lo- I I loved his little moment here, you know, and, and his delivery and everything, and his hand is like, oh, so adorable. Like, I just I, I, I do love that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 you never told us you had a karate phase. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's really probably good. never told you how many drugs he did in the 80s either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds like just one, but like how much of it is probably, you know, the question that we should be asking. Um, so we cut to Daniel sitting um, inside. The Miyagi uh, Do, and he's talking about how we all have anger inside, and to not let it, emotions control you. And they start to meditate and having a hard time concentrating because they all hear Johnny being Johnny outside. Um, right. There's one point, like I remember the first time that I watched this, like Khalil's face. It looked like it looked like he um, was holding his breath, you know, because like I, I felt like somebody was supposed to let something out at, at that point like I, I i don't know like I, I don't know if it was like the framing of it but again like khalil has his like his cheeks are out you know it looks like he's holding his breath because he doesn't want to smell something but then like you hear johnny uh, clearly screaming uh, obscenities you know from outside right yeah i i always i i just took it as chris was having a harder time actually ignoring johnny oh yeah sure you know uh, than everyone else was having because if you look at at, at chris here even next to Lil red um, and and red looks, you know, kind of relaxed and shoulders down and all this stuff. And Chris has his whole face all scrunched up like, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. Um, yeah. And then he loses control and, you know, the spits everywhere because uh, that's what happens when you bust out a laugh that you were trying to hold back. Um, right. And it's 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 very even Daniel is getting irritated. Oh, sure. Which it doesn't take that much to irritate Daniel, really. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, Daniel Glenn, Daniel, um, he gets up and decides to go have a talk with Cincy Lawrence, asks him to keep it down, to which Johnny says it's a loud sport. And he's kind of right. He, well, yeah, he is. But. At the same time, you know, you really should, you know, he's trying to meditate with the children, Johnny. You're making yeah. this hard on him. Yeah. Um, Hawk goes inside to get a drink of water and notices a painting on the wall. Uh, Dimitri explains it's a sparring deck where Mr. Miyagi's great grandfather taught karate on the Okinawan waterfront. Uh, Chris walks in and sees Hawk touching it and tells him to be careful. Um, 
Chris reminds him he had previously broken the door, stole Miyaki's medal, and Nate adds, beating the shit out of him, or, you know, that he beat the shit out of him, to which right. a hawk tries to apologize, but they're not trying to hear it. And again, you had mentioned it earlier. Dimitri looks like he wants to back him up, but they're right. Right. This The, the first thing I thought of when I when I saw this this drawing um, was it immediately sent me back to Daniel and uh, Chosen because mm-hmm. Chosen has one of these. OK, I don't and, recall, but I believe you. Yeah. When he and Daniel are fighting with the bow staff, they're on it. Don't you remember Chosen? Oh, oh Daniel I, thought you were ta- I thought you were talking about the painting. No, I'm just talking about a sparring deck yeah. in general. Right. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah, that, that, that just that that chosen has one. I love yes. that, that. I love the shishi dogs. They're so ugly. Bless you. Um, so, <laughs> so back to Johnny and Daniel, and words have been exchanged. Uh, Hawk walks out in the middle of this, asking to talk with Daniel, but Daniel reminds him he burnt bridges um, with everyone there, and he feels bad for his choice of words as Hawk walks off um, because he says, "Hey, hey," you know, doesn't know his name. No, he doesn't know his name. And I feel so awful about that. He's like, hey, 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 you. Um, Oh, my God, Mm -hmm. Daniel, you should at least know the boy's name. Yeah. Um, Johnny and Daniel continue to argue in front of the kids as they exit off screen. And the kids are sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, Johnny and Miguel are arriving back to their homes. And Johnny is basically telling him he's uh, tired or he tried and he's not working or it's not working. Uh, Miguel tries to get him to keep trying, uh, starts to speak uh, Johnny's language by using Rocky three as a comparison. Johnny says he'll think about it and he calls Sam and they update each other on how it went. Uh, Sam says they have to try everything, no matter how difficult it may be. And we see her at the skate park about to talk to Robbie. Uh, What did you think about that one line about um, what was it? Johnny asked like, who's Apollo? (laughs) Was that? Is that what he asked? Why do uh, I have to be? Why do I have to be Apollo? Why why can't Larusso be Apollo? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Uh, and you had some thoughts about that. Oh yeah, there's really only one answer as to why Daniel can't be Apollo. <laughs> He's I mean, Italian. John- he has okay. to be Rocky. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was I thought you were going somewhere else, but I was just saying. No. I mean, Johnny would be in the same boat as that. But, uh, so. Exactly. I mean, if Miguel comes back with, well, he can't be Apollo because he's Italian. Johnny's like, of course not. Yeah, you know, it, it, it makes perfect sense to him. Right. But 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 like Johnny does, he's only he's got selective hearing. Right. We're going to see this come back, you know, in another episode where Johnny has selective hearing. It's like, dude, you're missing the point. OK, but right. uh, yeah, I thought it was funny, though. But it's like uh. well, Rocky three. He perks up uh, kind, kind of thing. So Sam goes up to Robbie, uh, tells him that she showed up there every day after he ran away, hoping she'd find him. Um, and one of my cover, uh, th- this is one of my favorite conversations of the season. And like, this is filmed like a movie, you know, the framing of it, the, the lighting and, you know, the, the shading of the actress. So that way they, they're not directly under the sun um, kind of thing. I just, I just thought it was beautifully shot and um, the, you know, the score as always, you know, by Leo and Zach. Um, yeah. And um, this conversation, much of it is about choices they've all made. Um, Sam is bringing up both of their dads and how both dojos could come together if he'd return. And Robbie tells her he gets to be the first person to tell her she's not getting what she wants. And she says, you know, she reminds him that this is his choice that he's making, which yeah. I'm like, okay, well, yes, Sam, I'm sure he knows that. But I just, I, th- I thought it was a really good conversation. And 
It um, is. It is. And it's a conversation that I think they needed to have because this is their first, you know, yeah, maybe she should have led with the apology, which I'm sure he would have appreciated. Um, but at the same time, he pulled some really massively dick lines out of his ass after he got out of juvie too, like completely forgetting that, you know, Miguel was in a coma for weeks because of him. Right. Um, So, you know, maybe feel sorry for yourself a little less there, Robbie. Um, But it, it was the first chance that they had to talk since he got out. Actually, since he was arrested. Um, cause we know that, you know, they, they didn't get any time together when he was in juvie either. Yeah. Um, we cut to Chris and Terry. This is where we found or find out that, uh, you know, Chris wants to finish what they started 35 years ago. Terry thinks that he's there for money. Just another great dialogue. But, um, Terry mentions that Chris vanished and that this is where he like started cleaning up his act, um, started seeing therapy. We get the cocaine line here, right? And so hopped up on Coke and Revenge. Yep. Terry recaps Karate Kid 3 for those that didn't see it. Uh, he hit rock bottom, bottom after the tournament and rebuilt himself. So, yeah, therapy and clarity um, basically is uh, what Terry went through and got uh, in the past few decades here. Um, and disappearing was the best thing to have happened to him. And I like that line, too. Yeah, I do, too. And I... In this moment, I mean, no, Terry is still not my favorite person because of what he did 35 years ago. But he also, you know, sounds like he's taken steps to rebuild himself, to, you know, fix those things about himself. Um, still missing, you know, the the one vital component here that would show sincerity, which is an apology to Daniel. Mm-hmm. which I mean, he lives in the Valley, right? So he has seen Daniel on TV these last 30 odd years. And it never once occurred to him to go, you know, I'm sorry. I tried to destroy you. You know, maybe a little bit lacking in sincerity here, but yeah, he, he tried, you know? Yeah. Uh, Johnny practices calling Daniel, uh, and he says, like, uh, don't apologize, shows weakness. But Daniel's at the door um, for a right. pop-in, apologizes, and Dan, or, and Johnny agrees he should be. Uh, he should be sorry. I, I, I like this little thing that um, uh, Billy did with, like, his look when he's like, you should be. And he kind of, like, does this thing where he uses his head to kind of point out, like, what you got there in your hand kind of thing. You know, very right. subtle, but, like, again, just Billy, Billy acting his ass off, as always. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Things to a particular note here um, when he's practicing his apology, he calls him Daniel. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. doesn't call him LaRusso. Right. So he's he's preparing to call Daniel and call it's a serious, it's a serious conversation. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. And then all of a sudden he's Leroy Jethro Gibbs and he's not apologizing because it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Um, uh, he offers Daniel some ham to which he declines. And thankfully, because who wants to drink ham juice? I mean, really, first, 
right yeah right and you know we we come back to it later if if the um if the token of smiggy is the octopus then um i guess at this point the the uh, token of la russo is going to be a pig's ass or something (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) there's a lot of symbolism built around ham this season sure sure um, Daniel thinks Johnny should join Miyagi-Do and they go back and forth uh, tells him that uh, or Johnny says he should join Eagle Fang and um, you know just talk about uh, I, I like how you know Daniel's not wrong not right but same goes for, for Johnny um, Daniel talks about how Miyagi-Do has like a history and you know it's not about money and also reminds him that he's driving a stolen car which at this point Daniel just give it to him it's <laughs> Shouldn't be considered stolen anymore. I mean, right. Especially it, with what we'll see in episode two. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they they both agreed to tell the kids. Did you have something to add to this? Oh, no, I just I, I like that even in their disagreement with each other, even as angry as they are with each other or as they become with each other, as this scene goes on at some point, they just stop. Yeah. And they both just like flop back on the couch and keep drinking the beer, you know, it's yep. like, there's there. They, they've kind of it, reached the point where they've. It's exhausting. Yeah, you know? Being that angry all the time is exhausting. They, they've known each other for how many decades um, they can right. constantly fight. So it's yep. exhausting and it's very much like, all right, we're going to agree to disagree. And right. At this point, it's just like they're comfortable around each other. They just yes, haven't realized it yet. Yeah, because they're dumb. Yeah, because they're dumb. They're, they're man children. <laughs> yeah. With their dumb faces and all that. Yes. Um, so Miguel finds Sam sitting in the backseat of the yellow Ford. And Michelle's got a nice uh, English accent here. Uh, it, it was actually, uh, I was like, whoa, looking around. Ooh, where's that coming from? It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, He's I, so I adorable. I didn't. Um, you know, it's funny to say, like, oh, I didn't grow up watching because I'm, you know, a grown ass man. But I, I have not spent much of, you know, the last decade seeing anything else Shola has done. So I can't wait to see future projects of his, including like Blue, uh, Blue Beetle. Is that right? Hey, well, you, you know, then we're, we're, we're back into the only thing that he had really done before this. He did between the ages Parenthood. of um, nine and 14. <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, went from that straight to here. So, of course, we haven't seen much. He did. He only really did like two or three other things. Okay. Um, Neither uh, neither of them have seen um, the senseis, but they see Hawk heading to the backyard Miyagi-Do with a sledgehammer. Um, Right. Now, I think a lot of us have seen, you know, the publicity stills, some images that have been released, the trailer. I don't think that was fooling anybody having um, Hawk walk to the back of Miyagi-Do or towards Miyagi-Do with a sledgehammer. Nobody was like, oh, God, what is he going to do? Right. Well, we all knew that, you know, in, in this instance, he may still be going by Hawk, but this is Eli in control. Yeah, there's no way he's going back there to vandalize no matter how mad he is. And he was far angrier with Johnny or far more hurt by Johnny's actions than he was by Daniel's. I 
think to a certain extent, I think he gravitated toward Daniel because it seemed like everyone was gravitating toward Daniel in that in that instance, in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I also think that he's smart enough to realize that he didn't really deserve that kind of closeness from Daniel just yet. Yeah. Um, we cut to Tori, Kyler, and some other Cobras arrive at the Cobra Kai dojo and they see that Robbie's already there. Uh, he says Chris isn't back yet and that he was going to warm up to class, to which Kyler takes exception, tells him to make like a tree and leave, um, you know, as many words. And uh, Robbie tells him. Why don't him you make that- like a tree and get out of here, man? <laughs> yeah. That would totally uh, be the way Kyler would say it. He'd probably, yeah, screw it up somehow. I mean, that's that's how uh, Biff or Griff. Wait. Tree and leave. Okay, I'm having a brain fart right now. Um, but anyway, Robbie tells him that if any of them come in a hit on him, that he will leave. And he takes them all down. But I do love just right before the fight, you know, the aerial shot and, and all of that. There's that that music drop that, boom, you know, before they actually start fighting. Almost kind of like, you know, like Mortal Kombat, you know, like before, you know. Yeah, like, kind of like yeah. setting the stage for what's to come. Yes, um, I, I loved it. It was it was amazing. And this... um the the like the half a second you know three framed sequence that we we see uh, from above i thought because like some of the guys were wearing like jackets you know clearly we we see in this episode that they had just got to um the, the dojo but i i thought this was really like bert and nate you know uh, some other miyagi do going there to fight people so yeah had had no idea um and, and i love that like this it's not what i thought it was going to be Well, I think you can be forgiven for that because we've got at least four grown ass adults play acting as children, just saying that um, maybe they they don't look like teenagers, but then Joe doesn't really anymore either. But they've got like four or five new people. Yeah, right. um, Back there that we don't know. My my biggest like Gripe. gripe about this whole scene is the way Robbie is standing when they walk in. Okay. Because that is so pretentious. That is such a crease posture. The 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 standing there with his legs slightly apart, holding his his hands on either side of the knot in his belt. That is no way we have ever seen Robbie stand before. And that just strikes me as such a crease posture that it feels wrong on. Robbie. I mean, and not only that, like his cadence in the way he speaks. I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but like, yeah, this this is like a new Robbie for sure. Yes. And yeah. it's one that I am right off the bat picking up all the comparisons to crease in this new Robbie. And hmm. immediately I don't like this new Robbie. Interesting. Well, I mean, I, I don't like him. Uh, I. I respect what he's doing, but yeah, we don't have to like it. But like, you know, the fact that he's again, I'm kind of jumping ahead here. Um, uh, but fine, you know, like, again, we're late on a review. So like th- there's nobody listening to us before watching it for the first time. Um, yeah. But yeah, the whole talking about like learning the enemy's playbook and, and not only that, and using the term enemy to describe Miyakido, like really playing into that, you know, it's us Cobra Kai against them. You know, Eagle Fang and, and Miyagi Do, um, and telling right. them that and he's I, I have, techniques. I have trouble 
through this episode and the next one in particular. Now, from from episode three on, once he and Tori start warming up to each other, he he starts feeling more like Robbie again. But through through this part and and the beginning of of um, four oh two, okay, I just I don't like this Robbie like this it's it's like he has bought into creases bullshit has he though but see that's the thing we don't know that he hasn't until three episodes later on down yeah at this point we're just sitting here and we're listening to him the throwback out to the other Cobra Kai creases words and Crease's thoughts and and is standing the way Crease stands and just talking the way he talks and sounding like him. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he has straight up drank all the poisoned wine and is just, you know, going to fall into, you know, Anakin's footsteps trailing along behind Darth Sidious, you yeah. know. We don't know that he hasn't yet. Oh, yeah. I, and I get very upset with him. Very upset sure. With him. And, and, and again, if anybody like listen to our breakdown or if you're as um, active as many are on Twitter in the fandom, we talked about hearing Robbie, you know, saying like, yeah, I'm going to teach you Miyagi-Do. You know, like well, everybody's like, what? You know, F you, Robbie. You know, there was a lot of a lot yep. of that. And, you know, oh, yeah, there was a lot of that. That I, 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 Six, seven times. In one episode, I believe I muttered the fuck you, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, oof, look, but I got to give him props here for kicking the crap out of every single member of Cobra Guy. Um, except for Tori, am, who, do, who does, you know, get a good kick in the in the face from her. Well, yeah, but that's after he's tossed her to the ground and, you know, he's walking over to see if she's willing to surrender. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's good to see Dieter get in there um, yeah. and get a little action. You know, I don't think we've seen Craig do much more than, you know, kind of do warm ups and, and standing stuff in the middle like of frames in the background. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Perfectly framed on either side <laughs> by and Billy me. and Jacob. And it's like, yeah. um, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> yeah, no, we, we've messaged a few times on Twitter and Instagram, you know, kind of just joking about stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, but it is nice to see Dieter get in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. So Daniel shows up to see um, Johnny waiting uh, for him at Miyagi-Do and surprised that he's actually there on time or at least early. Can uh, they help themselves? Can they literally just not shut up, Daniel? Yeah. I love uh, you. Shut your <laughs> mouth. Uh, Stop but, talking. But I love you. But for, for shut your mouth. I do, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's like, I love you, but you're breaking up with your boyfriend. So shut up. Yeah. Uh, They just want to get it over with. Right. Right. And they walk into the backyard to find uh, out the kids decide to come together to build a sparring deck. And Johnny and Daniel look at each other with approval and decided to give it another chance. So, you know, a a little a little shortcut to to get us there. But, you know, it's fine. Um, I didn't love how how it came to be because it's like, well, Hawk, I mean, the, the last time you spoke with Daniel, he was calling, you know, he was saying, hey, hey, as you're walking away from him and you're going to go ahead and start doing like, I, I get it. This is all great. You're taking the initiative. 
But dude, you should ask for permission first and not after you guys have already started working together. But I do like, again, the kids have to show the adults how to freaking work together. <laughs> you know? The, I, yeah. yeah. The adults can't adult right now, kids. You're going to have to do it for them. Yeah. Um, so, so it's fine. You know, like I, I, I get it. But. I, I do wonder, and as beautifully shot as this scene is, and the 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 different framings, and you know where we're we're seeing Johnny and Daniel concerned, and then really you know paying attention to what the kids are doing, and and grateful and happy and smiling. I do have to wonder just how many um. Boxes they have Ralph standing on at this point because Daniel's actually taller than Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> like, the train. Whoops. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do remember when we first found out that you know they were going to build this whole back this whole thing, right? Because uh, you and Amy and I have been back there, and I kept we we kept coming back to, but it's so small. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's nothing back there. There's the end of the fence, and that's it. And then there's all of a sudden, this, you know, magical, big, huge, um, you know, he used it for extra storage. And, oh, hey, look, there's the car that's missing from out front because it's for some reason sitting in the middle of the fence in the backyard. Yeah. Um, but I, I I love it. I, I just I mean, there's old tires back there and, you know, old pallets and it like almost at some point he got sick of taking care of that part of the yard. So he just walled it off with a fence down the middle Yeah, <laughs> and just let that grow wild out there. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's neat. I like the way they explained away suddenly having all this extra, you know, space to build this deck behind the pond. Yeah. It was very, um, I, th- I thought they did a great job. Absolutely. We got to get Ryan Berg um, back on here and and talk about the the sets from season three and four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, So we talked about Robbie addressing the class, you know, about the whole enemy's playbook and all that stuff. Uh, What I didn't mention previously was that, yeah, Chris walks in with a big old grin and looks very pleased. Um, And then we cut to Terry. Uh, He was asked by Cheyenne to go fetch a bottle of wine in the cellar. Walks down there, looks at a bottle of wine gives it a good spinning back kick into the wall. Um, it looks like he's got a taste of that drug again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. Now, please tell me, are, have you got this up to where you can see it? No. Okay. I know that I, I, I've been told more than once now, we have got to get someone from the art department on here because I cannot see anything other than Johnny and Daniel on that painting behind the bottle of Cayman. I don't. Um, I did watch the episode earlier today. I don't have the screen up, but I I remember that conversation uh, when we spoke with Hayden and John. And so I was looking at the painting again. I go, if anything, like maybe the top of their heads at the bottom of the painting. Yes, but, yes. It, and I, and it's, it's really weird looking when it's pulled out. But yeah. then when he kicks it and the wine starts dribbling down, all you see is from like the forehead up on both of them. And yeah. it is like blood raining down on Johnny and Daniel's heads. Okay. And I've got to find out if my brain is putting that in there or if they yes. did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we'll see if we can get a hold of somebody. Right. 
And yeah. I also I, listening back to the interview that we did with the big three, I do have to throw out there that I was not meaning it to sound like they were just um, completely trashing on Robert Mark Kamen's version of no, not at all. It was that Robert Mark came and hated the script for the Karate Kid Part Three so badly um, that this is that I, I took this as kind of like a a metaphorical because they've already rewritten it to what they needed to be, which he was coked out. He regrets it. You know, all of this stuff. Um, this is them kind of taking the torch from him. And we're going to take this script that you hated and we're going to turn it into something fantastic. And that's what they did. They did do that, but I don't, I don't know if that's what I got. Well, and other, Yeah. But I mean, that was, that's what, that's what to me kicking the bottle of Cayman estates is, you know, yeah. is specifically saying, but yeah. also I get the, you know, it's really good wine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to assume it's really good wine. He appears to, you know, enjoy living on the vineyard and drinking his own wine. So, yeah. And, um, you know, and I'll bring it up when we get to episode two and, you know, we find out, um, you know, that uh, the, the major pain thing was an accident. This, it wasn't an right? accident. It was just a different intent, you know? And so everyone just had a different reading of it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. So, so that's it. Uh, a great episode. I do love, um, how this isn't like in season three where, you know, for those that follow the big three on, on, on Twitter, Hayden had mentioned like, you know, if you're going to stay up and binge, just watch the first two episodes. Cause it just sets up the season uh-huh. you sleep. You come back and watch. And so that uh-huh. wasn't like that. And I just, I just love the hell out of that first episode. Uh, I mean, no, no spoiler here, especially if you follow me and read my non-spoiler review of season four, this is my favorite season. You know, I, I love every episode. Um, I think I still have to put this just slightly behind season one. That's fair. Um, yeah. I think it's it, it for me. It's uh, one, four, three, two. Um, and it, the, the margins that separate these seasons are, are very so little. razor yeah. thin. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it's that that maybe I thought the violence of the school fight, maybe it was it was my where the hell are the teachers, which everyone who watches that episode apparently does the same thing. Yeah. So that makes me happy. Um, it, it, but I mean, just razor, razor thin margin. Yeah. And the only thing that puts season one above this is the fact that without season one, we don't have this. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's all it is for me. It, it should this almost is perfect television. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. It's the closest thing to it. And I, I feel like, you know, when we're ranking, like one should just be like, you know, let's just leave one out because, you know, season one, because of what, what it is and what it sets up. And we right. should really be just talking about like the the sequel seasons, really two, three and four. Four, three, um, two. So keeping with yeah. that, then five <laughs> yeah. should be better than four and six should be better than five. And well, again, that interview. That's what H- you uh, want, right? Yeah. With, with Hayden and John, Hayden says that season five is the best one yet. Paraphrasing here, but that's basically what he said. Shit's about to get crazy. He did say that. <laughs> um, like, we're not crazy enough already. Right. So we we have an email. I had, you know, intentions on reading it, but it 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 would. It's a long one and it was going to require more time, but um, I, I kind of already told you off mic that we have 
guests here and the kids are up now. So we got to yes. definitely end this. So um, uh, a great email to a, to a newer listener that found us and, and had a question. Um, so we'll read that uh, when we review, review episode two, um, just a little heads up there. And so, uh, yeah, uh, tell the listeners where they can uh, find you and follow you if they want to talk more about Cobra Kai. Okay, I am Brianna25, putting thought into this now. <laughs> it's been a while. And I am, right, I am on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook. Fa- Facebook? What the <laughs> hell is that? It's a new Twitter, dating yeah. Twitter, t- don't even, Twitter, <laughs> Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, MySpace, LiveJournal, DreamWidth, fanfiction.net, archive of our own YouTube. And I think that's it. Oh, and DeviantArt and email Brianna25 at gmail.com. Clearly she welcomes the interactions people. (laughs) Um, For me, you can find me on Twitter at Cobra Kai pod or on Instagram at Cobra Kai companion, companion with a K. Uh, Do check out our website. If you guys have not yet, that has all the links to our interviews. And I say that, but I still need to update the, the page with more interviews, but yes, you do. Uh, yes, companion.com. Um, at, at, at the, the time of the record, this recording, I think only 83 has been put up. So I got, I don't know, half a dozen that I need to uh, update that with. But um, that's where you can find us. Uh, check out the page. And until the next time, a small boy was thrown through our window. Really? Haven't you done enough, princess?